Do what? But don't spill the bit right. I'm just recording this talking now. So it starts like this. I happen to be in Japan in a bar. Well, it's a sake tasting room at the hotel where I'm staying with a group of other travelers from around the world. Sadly, due to some logistical issues, our big karaoke dreams were dashed that night. Did you pick out a song? Yes. Come on, I want to hear. Oh a song. yeah, he started, started singing Red Hot Chili Peppers. Song and then well, we found you can out. continue. We are the girls from Red I don't know okay, the words. What, what are you that singing? One I, I can pull up the lyrics. Something that we know. No. Jingle you bells. You know jingle bells. Oh, jingle bells. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Something we all know. <laughs> and as we're lamenting about it and talking about all the songs we might have sung. Take me out to the ball game. We get to the topic of Leonard Cohen. There's this Irishman in our group in his late 60s, delightfully dry humored, and he has some opinions about Leonard. Why? Yeah. Uh, Why do you hate Leonard Cohen? That one song is toilet. Put my head in it. I wanna slash my blades <laughs> on my wrists and come it. up See, again. See, you got it. You got it. You're, you're you're good. Good. And then I puked my ring up and I taught a better. Is this the guy we're talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He nailed it. By the way, he is an incredible guy from the 60s of my time, and he definitely was the guy. He was the main man. Now, he would put you into your grave in tears, without question. So this got me thinking about why I love music that would put me in my grave in tears. But you know what? I, I just Top think it's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Things are dark and sad. Why wouldn't you write that? dark, appropriate people. You know... Very dark. Very appropriate. And crazy thing, this conversation took place the very day Leonard Cohen died on November 7th. Though I didn't even see it in the news till a few days later. And this was also one day before the U.S. presidential election that left so many of us torn to pieces. Grief-stricken, hopeless, scared, angry. Well, I probably don't need to tell you. I'm Lily Sloan, and this is A Therapist Walks Into a Bar, a podcast that brings therapy to you. In light of where we are right now as a country and the personal pain of longing or loss that many experience around the holidays, I want to talk about those darker feelings. So I brought in a friend and colleague of mine for a conversation about sad music. My name is Stacy McGurl. I'm a psychotherapist in San Francisco. Besides both being therapists, Stacy and I also have backgrounds in music, both making it and, of course, listening to it. We've often bonded over how we use sad music to help us work through difficult emotions. But even when we're talking about sadness, Stacy and I have way too much fun. <laughs> I'm obviously going to edit yeah. out all so of I'm the fun that we're having. You, yeah. Because this episode isn't about fun. So first, I asked Stacy the most obvious question. The question might be like, why would anyone want to feel sad? Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't we? If we're feeling down, just listen to cheery music. Like, mm-hmm. you know, or like have people make us laugh. Well, I guess we could say that 
by going in the opposite direction. It's a manic defense. You're going away from sad feelings, which is a bypassing of anything that's actually real and there for you. The grief or the sadness that you're feeling. So you're just skipping over it. Mm. And then what's the problem with skipping over it? Because skipping is fun, right? I love it. (laughs) Um... It's a really good question. I don't even know if we have the answer, but I can give like some of my ideas, which are just my subjective values. Yeah, what are your subjective values? Um, I would say I want to be able to feel all the things that are there for me. I don't want to kind of curate some image of what life is like for me that doesn't actually fit. So life includes all those difficult emotions as well. Tough as Texas and even prettier in spite. It's just it's very real and human and it's part of our experience and it doesn't kind of make sense in the aim for wholeness to try to push it away. Leonard's kind of an interesting example because he certainly didn't shy away from difficult feelings, but you know, he seemed to have a lot of peace at the end of his life. That is rare, I think, in our culture. What if I'm just manufacturing the sadness mm-hmm. by by like keep? What if I'm just keeping myself in sadness that isn't even mine or isn't even real? Yeah. Like, is that authentic? Because music is so powerful Mm -hmm. to elicit emotion. Is it creating emotion or is it just tapping into what's already there? I think it might be both. Mm -hmm. And I think we can't, some people can kind of get really attached to their melancholy And it would kind of be like what Freud was talking about in Mourning and Melancholy, where there's something you need to mourn, there's some loss or some sadness you need to feel. But instead of going through that, you kind of get stuck in the loop of feeling sad, um, which feels bad, but keeps you from actually having to mourn the loss. Yeah. Like when I was 22 and went through a breakup, and how many times can you listen to Elliot Smith? Like, Oh, so many. Seriously, how many times? I don't know how many. Like so many. What is the number of times you can listen to Elliot to an <laughs> album before you can't anymore? I think it might be like six hundred. I think we should test that. Okay. Right now. <laughs> so we were talking about various reasons we think sad music benefits us. And for one, there's how it's cathartic. It can help us release trapped feelings. And I've noticed that sometimes sadness is this feeling that I'm wrestling with inside that I'm trying to keep at bay. And this tension is building. So part of me wants to cry mm-hmm. and and knows from experience that crying will feel good. Like it'll be a release and then I'll, there'll be some relief afterwards. Um, but then something else, maybe it's fear or anger. It's like everything tightens up and it's difficult to cry. It's difficult to like let it flow. Yeah. So I've come to recognize that particular feeling, and it's like it's like a sneeze that won't come. Mm. And then I listen to the right song, and suddenly 
boom mm-hmm. tears are flowing they're there they're there and i then i feel better afterwards my therapist always tells me to just like when i'm have that pent up feeling just like lay on my bed and do nothing and just see what happens yeah and inevitably something comes up and if i'm listening to music at the same time time it definitely enhances that how do you feel before the song how do you feel during the song and then what happens after? I would say before, I usually feel anxiety and sort of a distance from my own body and mind. I'm just kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe anger as well, like irritability. Then while I'm listening to this song, I usually get really enveloped in the experience. So I'm in the song, I'm in, I'm kind of in fantasy, but I'm kind of in myself as well because it's my feelings projected out Mm. I kind of can get a little euphoric it might be really sad but I'm kind of like getting high on it and then afterwards I think I just like feel functional like okay I had my feelings they're still there and now I'm gonna go to the grocery store so instead of resisting our feelings what about letting them just be and watching them unfold want to hear my Nick Cave quote? Oh, I can't wait. Sadness, Sadness needs... or duende needs space to breathe. Melancholy hates haste and floats in silence. I feel sorry for sadness as we jump all over it, denying it its voice and muscle it into the outer reaches. No wonder sorrow doesn't smile much. No wonder sadness is so sad. can help us feel safe to acknowledge what we're feeling because it creates a sense of not being all alone in it. That's a big part of it too is that mirroring that we can get like oh okay it's not just my experience other people have had this in their lives they felt this they get me Mm -hmm. even if it's someone I don't know. I you know I think I actually get a lot of pleasure from from sad music. Mm -hmm. Why is it pleasurable? Well, it, it kind of comes back to that idea of not feeling alone, mm-hmm. of feeling connected to something bigger than just me, or feeling in that moment that I'm having a very uh, personal interaction with the artist, mm-hmm. that they're speaking to me and we're, we're together. Maybe you can get a certain validation of your feelings through it, and it quiets down your inner critic. Yes. That maybe says, you shouldn't be feeling this way. You should you should have been over this three days ago or three years ago. Yeah. But when I'm listening to the entire Bjork homogenic album, <laughs> I feel like it's okay that I'm a little bit crazy. Because Bjork is and she's awesome. Yeah. Bjork says it's normal and okay for me to be feeling these things. And every single word she's saying resonates. And she believes in fairies. Well, that's okay, too, because Bjork says so. (laughs) So let's say you don't like sad music. I am amazed you made it this far into the episode. Thank you. 
Um, but we talked about that too. Or how do we include the people who don't like feeling sad, don't like sad music, don't like sad art, think it's annoying and depressing? I, like, I think it's interesting to wonder about that more. Like, what happens for you internally when you interact with art that brings up sad feelings? Like, to kind of explore that experience a little more, like, what's in there? Mm-hmm. So it's true. I mean, I I think I, I kind of have a bias towards sad art um, because it resonates with me. Right. And I don't think that's necessarily because I'm a particularly sad person. You think it's just human? I think that music being a tool of connection and of feeling uh, our feelings and processing things internally is human. And I, th- I think Oliver Sacks has, has written about mm-hmm. that a lot and different, you know, this has definitely been researched. And, and I, I really do believe in the power of music as a kind of universal. A, yeah. s- a study that we looked up that will link shows that listening to sad music actually helps people grieve and get through their grief process, but only if you already like that type of music. Right. So I can't be like, hey, person who's grieving, now's the time to start listening to Elliot Smith. Right. <laughs> if they didn't like Elliot no, Smith. No, no, They just want to listen to Beyonce. Well, maybe Beyonce helps them with their grief process. What feels like a sad song to one person is different for somebody else. Yeah. Because... There are different elements to a song that can make it sad. There's the key that it's in and and often, you know, minor chords. And mm-hmm. if you don't know what a minor chord, it's the sad chords. <laughs> See? <laughs> Universal. Universal. It's the dark chords. But then there's also the lyrics and the way that the singer is singing, the kind of emotion that they're putting through and what they're singing you know you could hear somebody sing for instance cat power mm-hmm. singing sea of love mm-hmm. that is sad uh-huh. but that's not a sad song particularly yeah, that's a love song that's just a nice love song Jeez. but aren't all love songs laced with sadness and longing i want to tell you how much i love I you, love you. <laughs> I want to add that beyond the actual elements of the song itself, the relationship you have to the music is really important. Like maybe something about this peppy dance beat reminds you of your ex. Or you hear Bobby McFerrin singing Don't Worry, Be Happy, and you start missing your dad because he used to sing it to you as a kid. Maybe it feels really sad, or maybe it's kind of bittersweet. And then our relationship to music and sadness is cultural. Like, when I think of what music really moves me and I take a step back from it, I'm like, whoa, lots of white emo kids in this lineup. So I imagine there's a particular way of processing grief that shows up in my culture and subculture that would be different, for instance, for how an African-American might deal with certain feelings through art, depending on their intersection between personal and cultural experiences. While the power of music as a whole might be universal, there is great diversity in how we experience different music. What's a song that a lot of people like that's sad that you find really annoying? Amazing Grace. (laughs) Makes me fucking livid. (laughs) Why? (laughs) I don't know. I guess it's, it's, it's very much the idea of like humanity has fallen and you need to be saved and... Um, kind of like we're wretched and unloved to begin with and then we have to like 
find this love that will make everything better. It's interesting because hallelujah, it's like a counter to amazing grace Mm. in a way when I think about the words and just then the structure of the song relates, but it it feels more real and and more like accepting of our humanness. Yeah, it's about humans. It's about people on earth living their lives. Right. With each other, hurting each other, helping each other. Yeah. Feeling pain, feeling joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should we try to make a sad song? Yeah. Okay. Sad, sad song. Stacy and I did actually make a song. What are your favorite sad chords? A minor. E minor. D minor. And I'm going to play it for you in a minute. But first, a few quick words. This has been the final piece of the show's first season. A season that happened to coincide with a really painful and unreal year in this country. A year that's shown me how desperately we need connection, we need healing, transformation, We really need to keep learning and growing. So thank you for tuning into the show. I hope it's helped you tune into yourself and feel less alone in whatever you're experiencing. If you haven't already, please subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review, sign up for the newsletter. I don't want you to miss what's coming in 2017. This episode features original music from... My side project, Richard Marchant and me. The Nick Cave audio you heard is from a lecture he gave in Vienna in 1999 called The Secret Life of the Love Song. Thank you, Stacy McGurl, my traveling buddies in Japan, all of you for listening, Leonard Cohen and countless others whose music has held me and doused me in holy, holy tears. Visit a therapistwalksintoabar.com for information about Stacy, links to articles about sad music and music featured in this episode, a special Spotify sad song playlist created with input from listeners, and a free download of the song you're about to hear. Whew, okay. Get your tissues. My imaginary friend was eaten by a bear. So sad, I wasn't even there. If only I could bring him back, we could play with my hacky sack. He is lovely, he is cooler than you. Everybody leaves eventually. So sad.
lovely, but he thinks he's cooler than me. He's not, though, I swear. Everybody leaves eventually. How do we feel now? I feel blessed.